This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Yes, we hear a highlight of Draymond Green getting ejected from an NBA game. This is a new show. We are live. This is not a rerun or anything like that. But before we get into that, what a day in the in the makeup room today. It was an R&B day in the makeup room. R&B it was amazing. Wednesday. So great. So much better than the other day, Smalls. When I learned something that CeCe had to go through that was one of the most absurd things I've ever heard in my entire life, where he has to go to get a flu shot in an empty store and gets denied. Can you tell this story? Because I'm still bothered by yeah, this. Yeah, so it's, it's quite ridiculous, actually. So I'm going on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And, and it, I was deliberate with this because I didn't think that there would be anybody in the store. Right. In true to form, on a Sunday morning in New York, the stores are absolutely empty. Everybody's sleeping it off from Saturday night. I go into the pharmacy. There are two pharmacists working that right. morning. And I go up to the counter where it says vaccinations. I asked the pharmacist, can I get a vaccination? I wanted to get my flu shot and I wanted to get my update to the COVID-19 um, vaccine. So I, I was you know, trying to be the, do the responsible thing. You know, sure. everybody's getting sick around this time, respiratory illness yeah. season. So, you know, I'm just trying to be responsible. She looks me in my face and says, we're not accepting walk-ins right now. We're too busy. I then looked around the store (laughs) and looked at her. I said, ma'am, I'm the only one here. And she said, well, there are only two of us working. I said, well, damn, how many pharmacists does it take to give somebody a vaccine? How many many people does it take to screw in a light bulb? I, I did not understand that. So I asked her, well, when can I come in and get the vaccine? She said, well, you can try the store down the street, our sister store down the street. I said, no, that's not going to happen. I want to come to this location because it's open 24 hours. When can I come? Well, she was like, well, there's availability tomorrow. I said, okay, what time? She said, well, really, it's whatever time you want to come. Wait, what? I said, well, wait a minute. I thought thought you were so busy that you you weren't able to accept walk-ins. But tomorrow, it's any time I want by appointment. I did not understand. It, it was the letter of the law. You have to have an appointment to get a vaccination. And it just it did not make sense to me because if somebody walks in and they have the proper paperwork and insurance, and they, they should be able to get a flu shot and get a COVID booster. You just should. That's kind of the whole point. Of That's it, right? the whole point of it. <laughs> like to make it harder by saying you have to have an appointment. We're not accepting walk-ins because we're quote unquote busy <laughs> when there's nobody in the store. And there are two pharmacists. Either one of them could have done it. So I went in on Monday after yeah. our show. And I go in. My appointment is for 1130. I get there at 11. It takes me all of five minutes. So you actually went early. I went early. Got there. And they took so, you. And they took me. Again, there was nobody there. <laughs> there was nobody there. I don't understand what we're doing. We need help with this from people because, Smalls, when CC initially told me this story, it, it was so frustrating for me hearing it, and it took me back to a moment a few weeks ago. My wife was, I think she was at a dinner with her friends or at a concert or something like that. So I had my kids, just the three of us. And I'm like, all right, let's go out to dinner. It's easier that way for me. Go to dinner like at 530 Italian restaurant. Nobody is in the restaurant. I said, you know, table for three. And they said, I'm sorry, we can't. I said, what do you mean we can't? They said, we have reservations. 
I said, but there's nobody here. And I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. And I didn't want to start with them. Just like CeCe's like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm going to have to walk out. What is can, – can people work at restaurants and pharmacies explain this to us? When nobody is there, why don't you take people? Do you not want business? Yeah, I can't explain that one at all. You would think that if nobody was there, there were empty tables. That's guaranteed money for them. One would think. Why would they well, turn He was trying on? to offer guaranteed money for the flu shot. Yeah. I, well, that one – Oh, are you defending the pharmacy? No, I still don't understand it, but maybe there's some sort of protocol that I'm unaware of. Clearly not. You know, they just didn't want to have to work him in. But at least maybe there's some sort of an explanation. This one I don't I don't understand. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. People who work at businesses that have no people in the business that turn down customers. Can you explain the why behind that? If you're somebody out there that works at a pharmacy or a restaurant and there's nobody there and somebody like CeCe walks in and is trying to hand you money, why? <laughs> Why are you saying no to someone handing you money? It doesn't make any – legally, morally, and eth- ethically don't understand it at all. All right. You heard the highlights there. Warriors Radio Network, Suns Radio Network of the Suns. 119-116 win last night over the Warriors. All right. Certainly a regular season NBA game that is a three-point game can be interesting with those two teams. But the more interesting, interesting thing is, once again, Draymond Green got ejected, had a little tussle there with uh, Yusef Nurkic of the Phoenix Suns. And Green, post-game, yet again, ejected on why he got ejected. He was pulling my hip, and I was swinging away to sell the call, made contact with him. Um, As you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, Um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell calls with my arms. I don't fall to sell a call. I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. And so, like I said, I apologize to you, Seth, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. All right, so he's confirming he's a flailer but not a flopper in essence. Come on, Draymond. We got too many instances where you're flailing all over the place trying to sell a call. You are a flopper. I mean, they didn't even give you an Academy Award as much as you be trying to sell some of these files, man. Like, just stop yourself. I just, I don't understand why this dude has zero impulse control. It makes no sense. Well, it's his third ejection of the season, which is tied for most in a season in NBA history, by the way. We, wow. For him to come out and have this excuse and apologize, we know who you are, Draymond. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. You're not going to ever get the benefit of the doubt in situations like this because we have a complete body of work of you doing exact things like this, including several times this season. Would you guys want him on your team? Because I love him. I've defended him every which way. It, it feels like when you're on a team that is on the decline and you have him, I have a harder argument to make. I'm not writing the Warriors off. I know many people are. I understand why many people are. They are not earning the right this season alone to believe in them. But would you want them on your team moving forward? Oh, no, you're not writing the Warriors off. You think this Warriors team can win a championship? I think as long as they're alive in the playoffs, I'm never going to write them off. Same thing with the Chiefs. They're, to me, they're the Chiefs. And, and by the way, Chiefs are likely not going to win it all this year. And the Warriors are way more likely not going to win it all this year in the NBA. Like, But I just have that past history. I've seen it so many times that I'm always going to believe in them. 
Would you want him on yeah, your team? Yeah, but you've never seen this version of Klay Thompson where he's been in a slump for this long. We no, haven't seen that. Have not. Draymond Green can't stay on the court because he can't control his emotions. That I've seen, unfortunately. Uh, exactly. So, there, I mean, we're, we still wait on the promise of Kaminga and Moody and all those young guys that they keep trying to sell us on. Has anybody seen Andrew Wiggins? Do we need to put out an APB for him, put him on a milk carton? Because he hasn't been the same guy since they won a the championship a few years ago. This team is done. Like I, I've seen enough. This team is done. I, 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 I hate to see it all crumble around Steph Curry because he's such a singular talent, and he's one of my favorite players across all sports to watch. But this team ain't winning the title. This team is not contending in the West. It ain't going to happen for them. And the sad part about it is a guy that they depend on to be their heartbeat to be the cornerstone of their defense and to be their enforcer to protect all of those scorers they have in Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and others, he can't stay on the court. The contract extension that they gave Draymond this offseason, what was it, four years, $100 million, mm-hmm. is starting to smell like regret. Kind of like that that shot of tequila when they do last call. It, oh. it's, reg- it's regret. So you mean the ugly lights yeah, are on? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. This is not going to end well for the Warriors. And as a matter of fact, this is something that they're going to be tied to for the foreseeable future. The reality was that after they won the championship, it was over. There's a reason why Bob Myers stepped away. The timing of it, it, it just seems, it, it seems fortuitous for him. And I'll say it that way. But the writing has been on the wall. This team has gotten old, and the guys that they were depending on to replenish the ranks, the younger players, have not evolved into guys that are more reliable. And then the one guy that you did develop in Jordan Poole, you had to ship him away because Draymond Green punched him in the face in training camp. Yeah, it happened, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So in terms of whether or not Draymond is good for business, I think the evidence has been there the last couple of years. He's not. And they decided to run it back with him this past year to sign him to this extension, and now you've got to deal with that contract through twenty twenty uh, through twenty twenty seven. I, I still love him as a player when he's under control, his version of under control, oh and I God. still think they have flexibility to make moves. I really do. But it's such a fine line, and winning cures all, or it's the ultimate deodorant, right? It goes from, wow, Draymond's a guy that you need on your team. You need that disruptor. You need a little bit of sandpaper. You need an agitator that's going to provoke the other team. When you're winning, that stuff is endearing. When you're not, you're, we're looking at it like, why can't you stay on the court? This is a, a a pattern of behavior that hasn't worked out for you this season. Same, you know, Evan, you look at the Patriots. Like, when Bill Belichick is winning, his do-your-job, no-nonsense type of mentality that's seen as a positive. Everybody falls in line with the Patriot Patriot way. When they're not, it's has he lost his touch? Is this type of messaging still something that's viable with this modern athlete? You know, it winning shifts how we view everything and Draymond is no exception to that. Yeah, but I guess my point is when has Adam Silver in the NBA had enough? Like that, that, that's I thought the, that they did. That, that's the point. Like that's after the, the Rudy Gobert headlock, right? But that, that's the thing. Not not just any kind of headlock. This he put him in a chokehold. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows what could have happened if Gobert tried to actually get out of it? It could have been a lot worse. It could have escalated. Now, thank goodness there was somebody that had a relatively cool head during that altercation. But they suspended him five games. You would think he would learn his lesson and be on his best behavior. And then this dude hits Yusef Nurkic in the head. And he says, well, I know what my intentions were. I don't think there's any room for interpretation when you look at the play, whether or not Draymond intended to hit him. He hit him square in the head. I I, I can't argue that. The one thing I will say is 
if you put Draymond Green on a really good team, he still can be a really good contributor. But what about, what about the sa- what about the safety and well being of the other NBA players? Oh, that's because those guys matter, right? But if that, I, put I, mean, him- I mean, it's it's two things, right? So we're talking about it from the Golden State Warriors perspective, but we also have to talk about it big picture because it is an entertainment product. Well, then this is not good for business. CC, he may have crossed the line where now he's at a point. Is it, is it, it may have crossed the line or no, no, he did saying, cross the I'm line? I'm saying relative to Silver because you brought up Adam Silver, the commissioner yeah. of the league. He may have crossed the line relative to every time something like this happens, automatic suspension for more periods of time than anyone else would be suspended for. That he They, they basically discourage his actions to such an extent that every time you have a, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, it's five games, right? Which is a significant period of time like he already served this year. All right, people want to jump he in. He slapped on, a player in the head. Yeah, no, it's not okay. I'm not defending him. What I'm defending is the, what he's done in his career. He has had an amazing career winning basketball games. And he's had an amazing career of, I can't believe you did that, right? I mean, that both are part of his resume long-term. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper call in line. We're going to get your phone calls in on Draymond. Would you still want him on your team? And the empty pharmacy, the empty restaurant, why won't they take you? Plus, Zion Williamson responds to his critics. We'll get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. You could also tweet at us, as Gustavos Freeman just did at Evco Radio. I love Draymond Green, but no, except Golden State. Right now, he's hurting them. And he's right. I mean, there's there's an argument that he's hurting them. Now, his actions, obviously, that's who he is. He plays that way. He plays the wild and free style. He gets thrown out again last night, his third time ejected this season. And, yeah, it's— There's it's, got to be a subsequent suspension, though, right? There probably like, is. Like how, long, of, how long does he deserve to be suspended this time? A game. Uh, you, you think just a game? Because it's because the actions norm- are different. Yeah, you wouldn't normally get suspended. I don't think for that. So it because he punched a player in the head. Oh, okay, open or he slapped a player in the head. Yeah, I don't know in what, what you're world is to do. The, in what world is that acceptable? Yeah, that might be less egregious than what we saw with Rudy Gobert, but it's still a pattern of behavior that they're trying to stop. The visual is worse, though. I mean, I guess well, I don't know if it's worse, but the visual is on par at the very <laughs> least. Look at that. He I mean, slaps the he he slaps the guy in the head. 
At some point, you have to send a message to this dude that it's unacceptable. And if five games wasn't enough, maybe ten games is enough. And you keep escalating the penalty until you curb the behavior. It has to serve as a deterrent to Draymond because it's clear now that you know Steve Kerr or Steph Curry, nobody in that organization right now can get through to him. So this is on the NBA and Adam Silver for them to fix this issue because now – on top of it being bad for your entertainment product, it's a player safety issue too. Let me ask you this very quick question, then we're going to get to the calls here. For you as a Lakers fan, you have made it clear that the moment you could trade D'Angelo Russell, you'd like to trade D'Angelo yes. Russell. Yes, If I told you the money worked, and this is not going to happen because they're not going to take him back, but D'Angelo Russell for Draymond, meaning do you still want him on a championship caliber team like the Lakers? I don't know, man. I don't know. If you have to pause on that, then I you are know. really down on Because like for me know. as a Heat fan, i take him in two seconds. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, you, you say you take him, but he's not going to be available. Well, I, that's the, I that's the, the problem. Like, it, 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 that's what I'm saying. You're 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 assigning a level of availability to him that he hasn't shown that he's going to do based on the on court actions Fair. this season. Sure, I also think that you are thinking about heat culture, and you're thinking maybe there's a different version of him that would no, exist. I, I'm really not. I, I'm oh, really you're not. not. Okay. No, I'm just thinking like. I still believe that he's more good than bad, but I'm I'm running out of runway on that one. That's I, I don't sure. know if him and Jimmy Butler can coexist. Can you imagine? I can't, no, I can't, actually. Oh, I, I, can't. I know they can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> JC in Alabama on 97.7. What's up, JC? Hey, how y'all doing, man? What's going um, on? As far as taking Draymond on my team, I wouldn't. It's like what CC always say, the best availability is being available. Personally, like, I don't get it. But um, if he trying to claim that he was trying to sell the car and that man is grabbing him on his hip and from what I think I saw his hand is on his right hip why swing left he spun left and connected with, with his right hand to the left side of that man's face he spun left trying to sell a car that's being held on his right hip you just spin to the right yeah, it, well, right. So I, I understand what you're saying. Thanks for the call. So basically, the way in which, and we're showing it on ESPN too, but the way in which he spun to kind of get Nurkic off his back to kind of flail, as he said, was the wrong direction relative to a flail. It was the right direction relative to hitting somebody in the He head. looked that man in his face before he slapped him on his head. He looked dead at him. <laughs> he looked dead at him. What are we talking about? There is no room for interpretation otherwise. He meant to hit that man in the head. Yeah, let me change my answer. I'm watching it more and more. Three games, not one game. Joe in Washington yeah, listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Joe? Hey, I was talking. Uh, you were talking about um, folk, folks not making time for you. I have a term called smooth brain thinking. The more complicated and complex a brain can handle things, the more ri- uh, ridges in a brain, the less complicated people can handle things, the smoother their brain. So I call it smooth brain thinking. I'm so, okay. I'm so confused. I, I, I got to right be now. honest, Joe. I'm so confused. Thanks for the call. I must have a rigid brain. I, I'm, I'm so confused. I, I, I don't have a smooth brain based on that. I can tell you that much. That, that hurt my brain, whatever just happened there. Trey in Delaware on ESPN2. What's up, Trey? Good morning, ECM. As far as the restaurant thing, the best way I can explain it is if you come in at, say, 5 o'clock and they have 18 reservations at 530. Maybe they can't get you in and out before the 18 reservations come in. I don't agree with it, but that is the case. Okay, I'm glad you did that because I knew somebody was going to go in this direction, okay? So here's the problem with that. 
Are you anticipating, in his exact, exact example, that all 18 reservations are going to show up exactly at 530, that one family of three, in my case, going into a restaurant, or one person of CC going into a pharmacy, there can't be any level of staggering that you get somebody in and out, that there's going to be nobody of 18 that's going to be a couple of minutes late, or for the pharmacy, for the, the uh, flu shot reservation, nobody's going to show up two minutes late? What world are we living in here? Let me tell you. As a former hostess, mm. most restaurants leave room for walk-ins because we know people are going to cancel. There's always going to be a disruption in the evening and the flow. Even one of the hardest reservations out there, they accept walk-ins at some point. So you said that this was a neighborhood spot? Yeah. There's no way that the reservations are stacked that strictly that there's no room was, for, was it, for disruption. Was it like a holiday weekend or something? No, it was, it was just a, a random it's like a Friday, really? or the Saturday, whatever it was, but it was early. Just like Sunday morning at 9 o'clock going into a pharmacy. Which is wild to me. That you can't, nobody's in the pharmacy. Me. The only thing I will say, just to push back on it and play devil's advocate. To yourself? When, um, <laughs> the one thing I'll say, like when airlines overbook, right. that is annoying. Like, oh, so airline, yeah, airlines yeah. are like, look, we think people are going to cancel. But we think somebody might. How is it different? There's no leeway there. There's no, like, you. the plane has to take off. It's not like the pharmacy is going to take off. The plane off. has to take off, but they're they're playing the odds and saying that there's going to be somebody that doesn't show up. That's so true. we want to make sure that we have all the seats filled. When we do take off, we want to maximize our profit. That's different. Yeah. Yes, I it's agree. It's not different, though. It's kind of the same concept. So I want to be clear. You're, I'm trying to fight on your behalf, and you're now fighting against you. No, I'm not <laughs> fighting against me because I'm just simply saying it's annoying yes. when we're talking about something like a restaurant yeah. that's not a flight. <laughs> And we're saying, hey, man, like everybody, all all 18 tables in the restaurant aren't going to show up at exactly 530. Right. So there should be room for me to be able to walk in as a customer, go ahead and sit down, have a 90-minute dinner, and then walk out. Just put a time limit on it. If you're that concerned about it, say, hey, look, we got an hour 15 for you. We got an hour and a half for you. Yeah, they do that at certain restaurants. I'm like, cool, that's fine. We want to get in, eat, and we'll get out. Perfect. But to say I can't sit down is ridiculous. Kenneth in Virginia on ESPN2. What's up, Kenneth? Yeah, hey, how are y'all doing this morning? What's up, Ken? Hey, um, I was just saying, the thing with um, old boy, old green, man, is just like Dennis Rodman all over again. The guy's going to show up in the dress and try to marry himself, bro. Yeah, I, and I, like, but again, if we're going to bring up the Dennis Rodman comparisons, Dennis Rodman was the ultimate winner. He won three titles with the Bulls, two titles with the Pistons. Michael Jordan wanted him on the team. The bad boys wanted him on the team. Like, that's what Draymond, I'm telling you right now, if Draymond Green hit free agency, LeBron James specifically would do everything in his power to make sure that he was on his team. I still believe people want him, but but your point is a good one. At some point, the availability is going to be so low because his like slap on the wrist is going to be multiple games, where another guy's slap on the wrist would be a fine. And from an NBA team perspective, I can't have a guy that's that important to my team be suspended every few weeks for at least three games. And that's kind of what's happening right now with Draymond Green. Coming up, there is a player in sports who's been body shamed, or at least he's been accused of being body shamed. His reaction coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So, the NBA in-season tournament did a lot of good things. One thing that was probably an unintended consequence of it was it put Zion Williamson on a big stage where everyone is watching in a way that probably they weren't prior to it. Because also, we're talking about availability with Draymond. Zion hasn't really been available over the last few years of his career, right? So people see him. People are up close and personal. We had our ESPN NBA team out there. And Stephen A. Smith, on first take, had this to say about what he saw and what he's heard about Zion Williamson. It is shameful. You got chefs in New Orleans. I'm not exaggerating. I'm quoting people. You got chefs in New Orleans who love him. They're looking for him. Everybody, every chef there wants to meet him because they know he'll show up to their restaurant. The the, the word out on Zion Williamson is that he'll eat the table. I'm quoting. He'll eat the table. Strong. I, mean, I don't know what the table tastes like, but, I mean, put a little truffle salt on the table and I'm good to go <laughs> on that one. Well, Zion, uh, after a good performance the other night against Minnesota, had this in response to Stephen A. and Charles Barkley and others who have been um, critical, let's say, of his conditioning. Do you think what, what Barkley and Shaq said last week, like, do you view that as a legitimate critique? And what exactly did they say? I mean, essentially it was, um, like, we... Those, both those guys said we struggled with some conditioning stuff early in our career, and like that got better, and we kind of we see that in this game a little bit too. Uh, if it comes from a great place and a place where they just want to see me do better, thank you. But if it comes from anywhere else, everybody entitled their own opinion. Can't control that. Okay, um, pretty great response. I got to be great honest. response. Very mature. Yeah. Perfect Very response. Mature. Yeah. You can't do better than that. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lead into this with a question that I need to ask, and you have to tell me. Is it the same in real life as it is in sports? Because, like, in real life, I am somebody, I'll be the first to admit, you both know, I am very self-conscious of weight. Like, I get very insecure about weight. I go up and down, and one day I'm this, one day I'm that, and it bothers me, and I feel like I, I have very little control over it because I've, I've failed at it many times. Okay. I am not necessarily paid to be in shape. You were paid to be in shape, right? 
Is it different when you're paid to be in shape versus when you're self-conscious as a person, like I personally would be, about this? I don't understand what you mean by different. Meaning like Zion Williamson goes up and down weight-wise. Sure. And I don't, for me, I look at it as a mental thing more than a physical thing. I don't know how you look at it. Are you, are you talking about the commentary around someone's body? I'm saying how you would feel about yourself, right? You always well, say, I'm going to play for the tie. Sure, but... I don't know that Zion could play for the tie. No. <laughs> but I'm playing for the tie, but my body is not my job. I play for the tie because I don't want to buy new clothes and because I want to feel a certain reason. type of way and feel healthy. Right. My body is not my job. I am not employed to make sure that my physical being is up to a certain standard in order to help my teammates and the company that employs me have success. If that was the case... I'm not eating dessert or I, I'm doing I'm very judicious about when I have dessert. If I if other people are relying on my body, then it's a different it's a different approach that I'm going to have. OK, that's yeah, I, I guess for Zion. I, I mean, he understands that his body is his business, but also the Pelicans worked in a clause to monitor his weight in his new contract extension. Right. Mm-hmm. He's got to be below 295 pounds and his body fat is monitored routinely. So, I mean, to have that understanding of where you need to go in terms of your overall professionalism and how you need to diet, especially when you're in season, I think that's a work in progress. It might not be happening at the same rate that others want it to happen at because now we're starting to see him on the court more consistently than we have over the last two or three seasons. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that he's not working on it. So I guess that's mm-hmm. the part where I think it might be a little premature to to attack him because it's clearly something that the organization is prioritizing, and because they have it built into the contract, we have to assume that this is something that he's doing. So, okay, I guess let me just follow up on this. Is there a chance that we're not being sensitive enough to him? What Mental mean? health that could cause this, that that becomes no, no, a vice? No no no? No, 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 no. This is Listen, you're an athlete. You're a professional athlete. The criticism, the scrutiny comes along with the paycheck. If you like being paid, what is it, $34, $35 million a year, then this is what you have to accept along with that. You were the number one overall pick once upon a time. People have high expectations of you. This is, you know, all the endorsements, all the adulation, all of the celebrity. This is the negative aspect of it or the downside to it. People will scrutinize everything about you. And for Zion, his weight is an easy target. So I don't think this is something where – People are out of pocket for questioning it. But to say that this is not something that he's actively working on, when the organization built this into his contract, I don't know if I'm willing to go there at this juncture. Also, we are paid to talk about the results. And if we think his conditioning or lack thereof is impacting the results, it's kind of our job to dissect it. You know, we don't have to be over the top with our criticism of his body, but it's it's part of what we are paid to talk about is how the body is performing. You know, it's kind of the same thing when we talk about people being injury prone. That might not be a fair assessment of them, but it's something that we talk about. The, the body is the business, as you said, and I am very empathetic to someone who struggles with weight. I think most of us have at some point in our life, but if – you have all of the resources around you to tr- to help you navigate that. You should be using every possible avenue that you can to try and come to a place where this is better for you. But I guess the whole point that Stephen A. is making and others are making is why should it come to the organization having to tell you to do something that you should inherently know? 
that that's my point. Like, that why, I think why, it's why, easier why, said than done, though. Yeah, yeah I, and I get you that, but I mean? I, but I'm just saying, like, why why should it be on the New Orleans Pelicans or on you know Stephen A. Smith to sit there and say, hey, this is something that you need to have more urgency in addressing. You should know that as a professional athlete because of the stakes and because of the benefits that come along with success. This is something that you should prioritize. We've seen you being out of shape directly leads to you being injured and unavailable for your team yeah, and, and not being able to share your talent with the world. So I, I get that aspect of it too. People want to see Zion because he is special. We, we haven't seen a guy with this size athleticism combination in quite some time, maybe if ever in the NBA. And so people want to see that on display. And the fact that we can't see it at its best because he's not in peak condition, it speaks to the sport's character and the lack of discipline that the players displayed early in his career. Now, that being said, he's 23 years old. He's young. Like, he's been in the NBA for a while, but he is still a young man. So there is more growth and maturation that needs to take place. You just hope that he gets it sooner rather than later so it doesn't affect the longevity of his career. So question then on this. I think that everybody here is being empathetic to whatever his struggles may or may not be. But are you equating it in some ways? It's not apples to apples, but helping me understand it's like, we look at the Kyler Murray situation with the Cardinals. Hey, like study hall is part That's of exactly studying is part of your exactly job. Exactly what I thought of. Yeah. So this yeah. is the same in yes. your mind. Yes, a thousand percent. Right, and Kyler Murray may have stuff where hey, like my version of studying is really hard. I need to find my better way of doing it. Same thing here. This but, is re- it's requisite for the job. Right. Okay. Like 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 Zion Williamson being under two hundred ninety five pounds as in the contract. That's requisite for his job. Kind of like Kyler Murray studying the playbook. For more than four hours during a week. That's requisite for your job because yeah. you're a quarterback in the NFL. Those are th- those are table stakes when it comes to being a professional athlete. And the fact that Zion doesn't have full grasp of that is the part that's damning on his part. So uh, I, I guess that's what opens the door for the criticism to be warranted. I would just say that it's still relatively early in his career and he's still a very, very young man. Yeah, I think about it as part of the growth process, and you hope that it gets figured out sooner rather than later. In both those instances, I always think back to when they were in college. If this was something that was part of their pattern and they were able to overcome it and still have success, they of course they probably think at the professional level that they can just continue to do that because they're this good and they've had success. You can success. eat anything in college. Right. Oh, it was great. You could eat anything. Exactly, <laughs> but the reality comes due. The bill comes due at some point when you realize this is a different level of competition, my body is not the same, and therefore for I need to adjust this pattern of behavior. You know, when he came out into the draft and New Orleans got the number one pick, there were people kind of half joking, boy, that's not a good city for him. Now kind of playing the results, New Orleans is a hell of a city in terms of cuisine. I'm not saying that he wouldn't eat other cities, but there is something to that. Like, again, I'll go heat culture on you. Do you know where the heat um, G League team is? Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Because they know if they put young, inexperienced kids in Florida, they're going to have too much fun. They literally have it in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, so there's nothing else to do (laughs) but play basketball. New Orleans, when Stephen A's talking about the chefs, some of the best chefs in the world are in New Orleans. Yeah, but that feels dangerous. I'm going from Sioux Falls to Miami. It almost right, feels like there's right. going to be an explosion. It's like leaving home that. and going to college. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, this is different. But, but is that environment, does that play a factor? Yeah, but in, in almost any city, you're going to be able to find yeah, something right. that's yeah, exactly, to your liking. Exactly. <laughs> But are there people, like, I'm sure you came across this in the NFL, where you're like, okay, I play with a teammate that if, if I knew if that teammate played in that city, they'd be in trouble. 
that they're lucky to be in this city versus that city. Yeah, I mean, there were certainly cities Uh-oh, I that see would the be. Smile. I see the smile. <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there were certainly teammates that certain cities, especially cities that had a vibrant nightlife, right, would probably be problematic for that guy in terms of staying focused, staying out of jail, and staying off the commissioner's exempt list. We're not sportsmen like on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, that man you just heard from and heard about, Justin Herbert, done for the year. Fractured finger, surgery, out for the season, the Chargers, as Michelle Smallman says, the most meh team in all of sports have now become even more meh. What's, what is the intensification of meh? What is a greater than meh with Easton Stick now as their quarterback? Um, meh. Blah? Uh, blah. Yeah, blah? I mean, we, we, we've graduated from meh to blah. We've graduated with from we're probably not going to talk to you. Two, we're never going to talk about you. Yeah, as we're talking about them. No, as we're, we're talking about them. Yes, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about them because their head coach is on deck. He 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 about oh. to get clipped. You don't think Brad, this Brad, is an excuse, a built-in excuse? No, this ain't. How's this a built-in excuse? He got him hurt. What are you talking about? They're five and eight. No, this is, I it's agree not, with it's you. Not an excuse. No, Brandon but we Staley, wouldn't have brought him back after Brandon last Staley, year's meltdown. Brandon Staley deserved to get his ass fired. He doesn't deserve to be a head coach in the National Football League at this juncture. He is going to be removed at some point. And the only reason I thought it would be advantageous for the Chargers to do it sooner rather than later is to get a look at Kellen Moore and see what he can be as an interim head coach. Now, certainly, he hasn't covered himself in glory either this season. But just to see what Kellen Moore does in terms of managing the operation, just because you know that Brandon Staley can't do the job. So I guess that would be the only point. But now you're not even going to have a chance to properly evaluate him because you can't, you can't have Justin Herbert available for the next four games. So this is a bad position to be in. But the Chargers did it to themselves by not making a decision this past offseason that they should have, which is fire Brandon Staley for an upgrade at head coach that would have been Sean Payton. Yep. 100%. And they're $44 million over the cap for next year. Oh, by the way. Which means some of the guys that we've heard of and know on that team are going to have to be restructured, redone, or released. But, gets us thinking. There, it, when, you're in the, when you're the captain of meh, a rebuild and a reboot and a restart probably leads you into that conversation. So what if I told you the Chicago Bears and the L.A. Chargers had a phone call and one said to the other, uh, kind of, uh, maybe, maybe, would you, would you, I would if you would, kind of thing. Number one pick overall for Justin Herbert, 
Who says no? That is spicy. If I'm the Chargers, I got to say no, though. I've got a proven commodity. But you have LA's now own Caleb Williams. I understand that. But if I'm the Chargers, there's no way I can let Justin Herbert go. The dude was a baller ever since he stepped foot on an NFL field, whether it was Anthony Lynn as the head coach, now Brandon Staley. It doesn't matter. He's still going to be productive. Through his first four, se- first four seasons, I don't think there's anybody that has more completions, more passing yards. The only person that has more passing touchdowns is Dan Marino. Mm. So this dude absolutely Good balls. Good company. This dude absolutely balls. He's more likely than not going to wear a gold jacket. I believe in Caleb Williams' talent. I believe in Drake May's talent. But those guys are still relative question marks in comparison to Justin Fields, who's a top five to seven quarterback in the National Football League right now. Which is why if I'm the Bears, I want to bring him in. Because even though Caleb Williams is as being described as a generational talent, as a transformational talent, how many times have we had conversations like that about guys and it doesn't work out? Yeah, that's true. I know who Justin Herbert is. I have seen the body of work. I know I'm getting a, a proven commodity, as you said, as close to a sure thing as I'm possibly going to get. Yeah. And I think that would be a great signal of goodwill to my fan base. Hey, we're sick of rolling the dice on these quarterbacks and it not working out. We're going out and getting a guy we know to be a guy. And if I'm the Chargers who went from meh to who, like hit him with the Mike Jones, why, <laughs> why not bring in Caleb Williams and, by the way, his head coach? So you yeah. would say yes on both? I would say yes on and both. And you would say yes if you're the Bears? I would say yes if I'm the Bears, no if I'm the Chargers. Now, here's the thing I will say. Yeah. The Bears have right now the first pick from the Carolina Panthers, and they have the fifth pick. If you throw in both picks, two top five picks for a quarterback, that's a tough proposition to say well, no to. I'm glad you brought that up. So that is a tough proposition. That one is tough. That's hard now. Let's play that's this hard. out for a second. Let's say the Bears are looking around and they say, you know, our defense is getting pretty good. Chris Canty went on Unsportsmanlike and said, Matt Eberflus may have a shot to keep his job because of what that defense is doing. They go out and give a second rounder to Washington for Montez Sweat, and he comes in, and he's a contributor on that team. Maybe they're a little bit closer than they think. So, what if they say, you know what? We want a proven quarterback immediately. We are willing to give up one and five, and we're going to make some calls. So, we're going to play the who says no game. Mm. Who says no? Let's say the Bills don't make the playoffs. Do not make the playoffs. One and five for Josh Allen. Who says no? Who? Oh, if you're Buffalo, I don't. I get it. Josh Allen has been great in that community, and Josh Allen is singular in terms of his overall talent. I just, I don't know, man. Just the the value proposition of having the first and the fifth pick and the controllable cost that those premium players would come at for the next three years minimum. That would be tough to pass on, especially if I'm pushing reset on the organization. And moving on from my head coach. Now, I get it. Josh Allen is a proven commodity. So a lot of people think he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. I think those people are crazy, by the way. It's Pat Mahomes. But there are people (laughs) that are on these airwaves that actually believe that. And they say that. Still, the value proposition of having the first and the fifth pick and not having to pay a quarterback or any player $45, $46 million a year, that, that that is big. And that's not something that can be ignored. So I guess it's relative to how close you think you are to competing for a championship. If you're Buffalo, do you believe you're close? If you do, then you stay the course. But if you think there's work to be done, then I think that you can entertain the idea. So I think with the situation with the Chargers, it seems much more plausible just because right now that team is in the cellar of the division looking up. With the Buffalo Bills, 
they're what, two games out of first place with the head-to-head tiebreaker against the Miami Dolphins? So they're in this thing. They could actually make the playoffs. So I can understand why they would be hesitant to do that deal with Chicago. But if you're the Chargers, man, (laughs) if that proposition comes across your desk, that's not a quick no. If I'm Buffalo, there's no way I'm moving on from Josh Allen, even for one and five. There's just absolutely no way. We, again, we put so much stock into Caleb Williams. We don't know that he's going to turn into the quarterback that we're projecting him to be. It is literally a 50-50 coin flip. He'll be lucky if he has the amount of success that Josh Allen has. We all expect that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. It might not work out that way. Also, Buffalo is not your average market. It's not, it is not LA. It's not Dallas. Josh Allen fits there so well. No doubt. A guy that played at Wyoming who can play in those elements. That it's, it's not as easy, I think, to find a guy that mesh, meshes so well with Buffalo. And I just would not let Josh Gall- Allen go. I know that the, the turnovers are a problem. There's, but if I'm Buffalo, there's no way I'm doing that. No so way. Before I give you another who says no on this, on this hypothetical, I want to go back to one thing. Are we saying as a show that we believe the Chicago Bears, before you go and pick Caleb Williams, should come up with a list of established quarterbacks that they know are first ballot, all pro kind of guys? And they should knock on the doors, knowing they have two top five or two top ten picks, knock on those doors before they pick Caleb Williams. So, Justin Herbert, if Josh Allen doesn't make the postseason, dare I say, if Dak Prescott and the Cowboys fall short in the playoffs, and maybe Mike McCarthy, as CC has suggested, could be on the hot seat, that you have these conversations before you just blindly say, Caleb Williams, to find a guy that's an established stud QB. Should they have those conversations? Yeah, the way they played football, especially on defense over the last month, absolutely. Think about it. The top dogs in your division is the Detroit Lions, a team that you should have beaten twice, a team that you did just beat this past week. You're not that far off from the best team in the division, the standard. And so if you're Chicago, it feels like you're a quarterback away. Now, that quarterback who with every passing week is becoming more and more likely that it won't be Justin Fields. I think you do knock on those doors. You have those conversations, and both one and five should be on the table if we're talking about a quarterback that is in the top ten. So it has to be somebody of that ilk. Herbert, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, if Jerry Jones doesn't want to pay him $60 million a year this coming offseason. That's the direction that you should go first and foremost. And if you can't, you fall back on having the first overall pick in a quarterback rich draft. <laughs> yeah, not it's a not, bad thing. It's not a bad place to be. So let's go to the Chargers for a second. In the current, as of right now, scenario, in this scenario, both teams were say yes. Chicago has one. I'm sorry. The Chargers have one, five, and ten. I mean, that that's a hell of a way to rebuild. Now, you don't have Herbert, but that's a, but having Herbert has gotten you nothing. It's that's the other that, something. Having, gotten, having Herbert has you nothing, and you're in the cellar in your division. One, five, and ten. Wow. That would be juicy. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.